Lord of all, to thee we raise this, our grateful hymn of praise. Let's give God glory together this morning. Amen. He was carrying a log on his shoulder as he walked by me this morning in Hershey Park. My new friend, Care, he spells it K-E-R-R. He's from Northern Ireland. His dogs, uh, Darcy and Tabitha, who I met before I met Care, were running amok, and he was carrying a log on his shoulder. And as he walked by me, I simply said one word, firewood? And he said, in his North Irish accent, yes. And I said, oh, good. He said, it's expensive if you buy it at the store. I said, I understand. <laughs> I remembered that winter. Was it a couple of winters ago, the snowpocalypse, when there were no fire logs pre-treated to be found, no wood for sale, and Chase and I, with an axe, walked out into those same woods, not to cut down a tree, but to find some wood to keep our family warm. And then this week, I got this picture in a text from my friend, Mark Collins, who was a 30-year game warden here in Texas, moved his wife to Montana in the middle of the winter, and he better be good <laughs> at starting a fire. He was a bit proud of himself as he said to me, you, if you don't practice when you don't need to be able to do it, you won't be able to do it on the day when you need to do it. He said, it was 10 degrees as I hunted elk this morning, and I decided I needed to start a fire just in case I ever need to. One match, he said. No accelerants. I chose the place carefully, he said. And I gathered things from the area, just local things, he said. And I started this fire, and I'm very pleased with it. If you knew Mark, who's a lot more like Davy Crockett than anybody else I know in the world, you would know what he meant. You would be able to hear the tone in his voice. I wondered if God wanted to start a fire here. Are we combustible? Could we catch fire? Would you open your Bibles with me to Hebrews chapter 12, verses 25 to 29? We are receiving an unshakable kingdom. Would you stand with me in reverence for God and his word? I'll be a good steward of our time today. Brooksy needs to be quick. I understand. <laughs> Listen to the word of the Lord. See to it that you do not refuse him who speaks. If they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, how much less will we if we turn away from him who warns us from heaven? At that time, his voice shook the earth, and now he has promised once more, I will shake not only the earth but also the heavens. The words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken, that is, created things so that what cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful. And so 
worship God acceptably with reverence and awe for our God is a consuming fire. This is the word of the Lord. Please be seated. Can you believe it? God is giving to us, his people, a kingdom. This isn't the only place we read it. It's also in Luke chapter 12, verses 32 to 34. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you a kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves which cannot wear out, where no thief breaks in and steals, where no moth corrupts. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. It was Alan Redpath who said years ago, before we can ever pray, we sometimes pray, Lord, thy kingdom come. We must be willing to pray, my kingdom go. He teaches us about worship and reminds us that we, in view of God's gracious gift, since God has given you a whole kingdom, not a place, not a possession, but his kingship over us so that we are his possession, his rule, his reign. God has given us that, and in view of that, we ought to say thank you. And we ought to live with a holy reverence and awe in the presence of God who loved us so much that he gave us his son in acceptable worship. If I may just touch these this morning, we recognize God's voice. There's so many voices in our world. God spoke many times the writer of Hebrews is remembering when God spoke from the mountain and his voice was like thunder and the people wanted to run away from his voice. They said, please don't say anything else. But if God were trying to say something to us today, would we receive it? At the beginning of this book, he says, in the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways, but in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom also he created the universe. What is God's Son saying to us today? And is the audience listening? I implore you when you come to this place don't just listen for the voices of the singers. Don't just listen for my voice. But if you please, please listen for God's voice. And if today we hear his voice, let us not harden our hearts. In acceptable worship, not only do we hear God's verse, but our second thought together this morning, in acceptable worship, we receive the kingdom 
with gratitude. I think we've practiced that well this morning. God giving us his rule over our lives. And every time we eat this bread and we drink this cup, we give thanks because if there's a kingdom, there's a king. I remember reading some years ago about a preacher who was from New Orleans, Louisiana. He found himself in England one day at the uh, sort of coronation of a king. And can you believe it? He was there in that line as the king himself walked by. And Roland Level said, I can't explain it. In the moment, I didn't understand why. But when the king walked by, I was totally underwhelmed. And I thought, why am I not moved by this experience? And then he said, then I remembered, he's not my king. If the Lord is not your king today, if he's just your hobby, for example, or a once a week activity, if the Lord is not sovereign king over our lives, I understand why we can yawn in worship. But to know that the God who said, when two or more gather in my name, I will be there, is actually here among us, should cause us to say with wonder, God, thank you for giving us your rule and your reign over our lives. Third thought in acceptable worship when we reverence God. We reverence him with awe. Moses trembled with fear. Hebrews 12 verse 21 says the word is phobia, but that's not the word in verses 28 and 29. He uses two other words. Eulabiah is one, the other one Deus, to say we reverence our king with awe, we acknowledge that the king has given us his kingdom. So Romans 8:15, the spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Here's the good news. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. By him we cry, Abba, Father. And then 2 Timothy 1:7, the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power and love and self-discipline. Fourth and final thought from this passage, we see that when we worship God acceptably, we recognize that God is fire. He is fire. Notice just the words there in verse 29. Let me just unpack it. Our God. So it turns out that our God is everybody's God. I was with some friends of ours one day, and we were talking to an atheist, and he said something about your God. And my friend Elizabeth said to him, so just to be clear, our God is also your God, because there's only one God. And it was astonishing to this man who doesn't believe in God in that moment. And when he, when he heard that, you could see the spirit of conviction. Listen to what Paul says to the church in Corinth. What could happen when we worship is that if an unbeliever were among us and saw us and caught us in adoration of our God, they would fall on their knees, convicted of their sins, and say, God is here. This could happen right here, any given 
Sunday if the people of God were caught up in the adoration of the God who is fire. St. John of the Cross, when he escaped from prison, wrote these words, there in the lucky dark, none to observe me, darkness far and wide, no sign for me to mark, no other light, no guide except for my heart, the fire, the fire inside. On a mantle of a fireplace, Chuck Swindoll says, the words were written, if your heart is cold, my fire cannot warm it. There is a fire. It was in November of 1653 when Blaise Pascal, the, the philosopher and mathematician, had an experience so profound that he wrote it down and he sewed it in the pocket of his jacket so that when he died and they opened the pocket of his jacket, they found a record of that experience and part of what he wrote was the year of grace, 1654, Monday, 23rd November, from about half past 10 at night until about half past midnight. Fire. God of Abraham, God of Isaac, God of Jacob, not of the philosophers and the learned certitude, certitude, feeling, joy, peace. God of Jesus Christ, my God, your God, your God will be my God, forgetfulness of the world and of everything except God. He's only found by the ways taught in the gospel, grandeur of the human soul, righteous Father, the world has not known you. But I have known you. Joy, 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 tears of joy. Our God is fire. He is consuming fire. And if he's consuming fire, believe me when I say, we are not just consumers of religious goods and services looking for another song, for a better sermon. We are the fuel by which God shares his light with the world. And he was walking with a log on his shoulder all the way up the hill called Golgotha. And they nailed him to that log. Do we hear his voice? Not from Sinai today, but from Golgotha, the blood of Jesus, speaking a better word. And what if, what if the wood of the cross was ultimately what God intended to use? He was trying to start something. He was trying to start a fire. And we say, where there's smoke, there's fire. But God says, where there's fire, there's smoke. And it seems to me that if our God is a consuming fire, the people who come here to worship and the people who watch us worship everywhere we go ought to smell some smoke on us.
They ought to sense the presence of the God who is trying to start a fire. Would you pray with me that in the year 2023, there might be a revival in this church? Yes, revival services, but better than that, an actual revival in which God starts a fire. And when God starts a fire among us, this community will know. And like my friend Mark up in Montana, our Heavenly Father will be very pleased. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for starting something among your people today. I pray that you'll start a fire in this room today that will never go out. Not a symbolic fire, not a fire that we run away from, but a fire that gives light to our community, a fire that offers the warmth of Christ's love, a fire not from which we need to be saved, but a fire that saves us by consuming all of our dross, a refiner's fire, so that, Father, when you're finished burning out all the dross in our lives, you'll see yourself in this body of Christ. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.